This is Crime Connections, and we're your host. I'm Jackie. And I'm Sarah. On September 13, 2021, Paris Campbell, a comedian and writer, made a TikTok about a girl that went missing. She first read about Gabby Petito in the Daily Mail on September 13, 2021, but hadn't seen much about the story on social media. Her first TikTok about Gabby featured a missing persons poster she'd seen in an article about the young woman's disappearance. Screenshot it, share this, Paris says in the video, this girl is actively missing. In the day that follows, Paris posted about 40 videos, including news updates and analysts of Gabby and Brian's Instagram feeds. One commenter who identified herself as Gabby's cousin wrote that the Petito family appreciated the attention she had paid the case and hoped she would continue. Gabby's case swept the nation. There are hundreds of videos, podcasts, and news articles in regards to this case. We honestly thought of not even covering this case, but when we thought about it a little longer, it's just too big not to talk about. Mm-hmm. We also got a ton of requests Literally, doing it. As soon as it started happening, we had people flooding our DMs and like our friends texting us. Mm-hmm. And it's like, are you covering it? And we're like, everyone's covering it. What can we add to this? So, yeah. But, well, we figured we would just cover give, it anyways. Yeah. Give like the full up-to-date update of what we have so far. Exactly. It is unfortunately another life gone too soon. Now let's get into it. Gabby Petito was a free-spirited 22-year-old girl from Blue Point, New York. Gabby met her fiancé, Brian Laundrie, while attending Bayport Blue Point High School in Long Island, New York. Gabby and Brian didn't start dating, though, until after high school around March of 2019. Gabby and Brian were in love. Shortly after dating, Gabby and Brian moved in with Brian's family in Northport, Florida. Brian and Gabby got engaged on July 2nd, 2021, according to their Instagram accounts. Gabby fantasized and dreamed about being a blogger and living the van life, traveling the country. Gabby purchased a Ford Transit Connect van to go on a cross-country road trip with Brian. They converted the van into a small living space to be able to stay in the van during their travel from National Park to National Park. Now, From here on out, I'm going to just go through the timeline of their travels and what has come forward and all that sort of thing. On June 17th, they traveled to Blue Point, New York for Gabby's brother's graduation ceremony. On July 2nd, they departed from Blue Point, New York and began their four-month-long cross-country road trip visiting and camping in national parks. They planned to sleep in their van and document their travels on Instagram and YouTube. On July 5th, the couple stopped at the Kansas Monument Rocks, which is about a 25-hour or 1,600-mile drive from their starting point. On July 8th, their next stop was Colorado Springs, which was another 250 miles from their last stop. On July 10th, Gabby updated her Instagram with photos of her walking at the Grand Sand Dunes National Park. On July 16th, Gabby and Brian's next stop was at the Zion National Park. On July 20th, according to Gabby's Instagram, they were at the Cedar Breaks. On July 21st, the next stop was Bryce Cannon National Park. On July 26th, Gabby posted a photo relaxing in the hot tub at the Mystic Hot Springs. And then on July 30th, the couple stopped at the Canyonlands National Park at the Mesa Arch. 
On August 12th, the couple was at a store, which was called Moonflower, from about 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., according to the police video. They went there to get water and to take showers. A witness called the 911 emergency response line, claiming that a couple was fighting in the town of Moab, Utah, in front of the Moonflower Community Cooperative. Grant County Sheriff's Office. Hi, can you hear me, sir? Yeah, I can hear you. Hi, uh, I'm calling. I'm right on the corner of Main Street by Moonflower, and we're driving by, and I'd like to report a domestic dispute. Florida with a white van, Florida license plate, white land, gentleman, five, six, beard. They just drove off. They're going down Main Street. They made a uh, a right onto Main Street from Moonflower. Or what were they doing? But um, what do you say? What were they doing? Uh, we drove by and the gentleman was slapping the girl. He was slapping her. Yes, and then we stopped. They ran up and down the sidewalk. He proceeded to hit her. Hopped in the car, and they drove off. Okay, you said um, it's a white van. White van, I give you the, I give you the license plate. Just give me one sec. I took okay. a picture of it. What kind of white van? Like a big one? Um, it, it was a smaller van with the license plate of, it was white, Florida license plate. It was the make was a Ford model with transit. Black ladder on the passenger side. Black ladder, uh, passenger side. White Ford Transit. White Ford Transit. Okay, what's your name? And where did they... So they turned... They headed south on Main Street from Moonflower Market? Correct. They made the right turn. Oh, so they went north. North. Yeah, sorry, I'm not from around here. Okay, are you so you're right there by the post office? Right across the street, yep. Okay, and, and when they turned onto Main Street, they went right or left? Right. Right, so they went north. North on Main. All right, I will let somebody know. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. Bye. Thanks. Later, a separate witness described other parts of the Moonflower incident in a statement to the police that said Gabby and Brian were talking aggressively and that Gabby was punching him in the arm. The witness said it looked like Brian was trying to leave Gabby and take her phone with him before Gabby eventually climbed into the driver's seat, moved over into the passenger seat, and asked, why do you have to be so mean, and then drove off. When police responded, they forced a traffic stop of the van near the entrance to the Arcs National Park and found Gabby crying heavily in the passenger seat where she told officers she was struggling with personal issues. The responding officer wrote in his report that at no point in my investigation did Gabby stop crying, breathing heavily, or compose a sentence without needing to wipe away tears, wipe her nose, or rub her knees with her hands. Gabby told the officer that they had been arguing over her excessive cleaning of the van, telling the officer that some days I have really bad OCD and I was just cleaning and straightening up and I was apologizing to him that I'm so mean because sometimes I have OCD and get frustrated. Gabby first downplayed the physical altercation, but after the officer points out marks on her arms and face and tells her to just be honest, she tells him that Brian kept telling me to shut up and grabbed my face, showing the officer a cut that she had from it and saying that it burned. 
Gabby told the officer that she hit him first and asked the officers to not separate them. Brian told the officer that Gabby gets really worked up and that he was just trying to push her away. Brian said that they had been arguing and that emotional tension had been building due to traveling together for four to five weeks. Both agreed that Gabby had struck Brian since she was concerned he would leave her alone and stranded after he got into the van. In the report, the officers wrote that the male tried to create distance by telling Gabby to take a walk to calm down. She did not want to be separated from the male and began slapping him. He grabbed her face and pushed her back as she pressed upon him and the van. Neither of them wanted to press charges as a result of the incident, and the police arranged for Brian to spend a night at the Bowen Motel in Moab and for Gabby to stay in the van, separating the two after characterizing the incident as a mental-slash-emotional health break rather than a domestic violence. So when I'm like listening to this and you have people calling in saying that you have a male hitting a female... But then everybody took on the internet saying, oh, it looks like she's being the aggressor. Like, they just turned it into everything was her fault, which she's displaying, like, the typical, I'm a victim, but I'm going to try to take the blame because I don't want you to get in trouble. Him to get in trouble. Yeah. And the other thing to mention is when this was first released to the public... um, They never mentioned the whole Brian hit her thing at all. No, no, no. They didn't mention... They didn't release that part of the call or that first... Um, witness calling until like two weeks after yeah. something like so that. So then you have everybody thinking this girl is like crazy and she's just aggressive and that was like only part of the story. Yeah. And then it was kind of messed up seeing it because the second half of the witness statement uh, comes out and it's like she was hitting him, she was this, this, this and it's nerve-wracking or you know it's nerve-wracking to watch people change their minds so quickly oh well he was hitting her first that poor girl da, da, da. it's like two weeks ago it was poor yeah, brian it's like, because she is not this crazy aggressive person mm-hmm. but no one heard the first part yeah no one ever spoke of oh well he hit her first exactly because you have one person saying he hit her first and then you have her saying she hit him mm-hmm. first to an officer so that her boyfriend doesn't get arrested and it's just a whole mess and You know, I don't blame the officers because how many times do people get really emotional and call the police on their significant others and then instantly regret it? You're like, oh my God, I should have just calmed down and maybe, maybe police wouldn't be involved. I don't want to get my, my significant other in trouble. And then now all of a sudden, you know, they're retracting what they originally said. It's also terrible because, which this is TV, so who knows if this is all real or not, but I was watching a TV show on 911 calls, and the 911 operator is supposed to tell the police or the fire department or whoever they're calling for help Mm -hmm. all of the details. So clearly... There was like a miscommunication. Yeah, they didn't translation say, oh, well, he was slapping her first. Yeah, this because- is the situation. Because the officers went in listening to what Brian said and then kind of just took what he said for face value. Well, and I feel like if they would have went into the situation thinking that Brian was the aggressor, this... It would have been different. Would, Brian would probably be in jail right now for assault, even yeah. if Gabby didn't want to press charges because officers can make the ultimate decision, oh, okay, just because you don't want to press charges doesn't mean that I can't, by law, charge this person because yeah. you're saying you don't want to. I've also heard a lot of times they'll throw you in jail to cool you off anyways because... Yeah, there's not another option. Yeah, for like 24 hours or whatever, mm-hmm. they'll detain you. Um, and it is what it is. So, I mean, I feel like 
the officers were giving them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe this is just a young couple that are having some differences. Traveling together, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah. and they were probably thinking, oh my gosh, well, I don't want to, like, ruin anybody's lives, so Mm -hmm. let me just give them a cool-off period, and then they'll be fine, which obviously... Hindsight's twenty twenty, and to be completely honest, wasn't there an officer in training at the time? Um, it seemed that way. I don't know, cause okay, so there is a video, a de- um, a police officer cam. I don't know what they're called when it's actually on the officer, and there's a few, and one was released pretty soon after sh- her missing went you know nationwide yeah and then that is the video where you'll see her crying and rubbing her legs and wiping her eyes and her nose and all that and then a month later the second officer came his cam came out mm-hmm. and i would recommend watching it you can get both like, of them yeah you can get kind of like an assessment of how he was acting brian the whole time was laughing and he's like oh, i was just you know he's like i'm not gonna touch you but I just kind of, like, pushed her away. Like, I, you know, and he's, like, laughing. Making a joke about it. I'm, like... Making very much light of the situation. Because he wanted to seem like he was not um, in the wrong. So, like... Exactly. He probably saw, oh, this is an authority figure. Let me just, like, act like, oh, real casual. Joke with the guy. Let's be friends. But the one video that I saw, it would kind of seem like the one guy was newer because the other officer was, like, listen this is what we can do for them because I don't really want to charge this young girl. Yeah, because what I... I couldn't tell if it was a new officer or if it was because he was on scene first. It was his decision. His decision. Mm -hmm. So, because he even said, it's your decision. I think he even says that in the police cam where he's like, it's your decision. You were here first. Yeah, I mean... So, I don't know. Looking back, they've gotten a lot of flack for that, but I truly believe that they were just trying to make a difficult situation not more difficult for that couple mm-hmm. um I, yeah they i don't think they would have known they yeah. had no history they had no how would they know exactly there are people that don't even live in the state exactly traveling and i believe there was an investigation too and i don't think anything negligent came from that so i think what they did was by the book i guess yeah yeah i would say they did their best yeah so i highly will link the video if you haven't seen it or, or if you want to see it again yeah well, you can go ahead and check that out. That was all on August 12th. Gabby then actually posts a photo on Instagram later that day or some or before this incident of the couple at the Arches National Park. And then on August 13th, Brian posts to Instagram. This is kind of weird because in the incident of the domestic violence case or, you know, situation that just happened the day prior, he is saying that he does not have a phone to the cops multiple times. He keeps telling them, I don't have a phone. So, you know, if she leaves me, I'm screwed because I don't have a phone. Which is weird because why are you about to go on a road trip with no phone? Yeah. Because she had a phone. Weird. And he thinks like he was kind of justifying it. Oh, that's enough. Like she has a phone. I don't need a phone. But then he's posting to Instagram. So he's clearly using her phone or he does have a phone. Right. Either one. I'm not sure. So then around this time, something very suspicious happened. There was two women who were, I believe, engaged or married. And their names are Kylan schultz or schultz and crystal turner they disappeared after visiting the woody tavern in moab on friday august 13th that weekend they were camping and at a campsite and they they kept reporting that there was a weirdo in the area and they were like he was watching them a lot 
they didn't mm-hmm. describe what this guy looked like, but a lot of people were connecting it to Brian because they were in the same area. And what was weird was these girls, or one of them, worked at the Moonflower Shop. Okay. So they go missing, and then they end up being found dead. Okay. And so a lot of people were trying to connect Brian to it, and it was like this whole conspiracy theory online, and the web slew slash internet went crazy, okay? And the cops further looked into it, obviously, and they do not think Brian had anything to do I with it. I don't think Brian had... No, because they were shot. Yeah, and we've, we've been discussing, too... I know of three cases that happened around the same time Gabby happened, mm-hmm. um, maybe like a month or so before, a few weeks before or after. There are people going missing out in that area near the national parks like at a higher rate than what you would think, and you're not hearing much about it. Mm-hmm. Because like I've seen missing things, like missing posters of different people, of different ethnicities, and none of that's going viral. No one is talking about those things. No. But... It's happening, and I really, I think there is a serial killer or serial killers out there doing this because there's a lot of people going missing and no one's hearing about it. And it would kind of make sense because these campsites are very, supposed to be like off the grid, people are going there to get away, and there's not a lot of cell service and like all that, And those basic things. It's easier to hide evidence out in the middle of the wilderness when, one, no one knows where your family members are and then it rains storms whatever now all that evidence is like disappearing and then you might oh, not and you have animals too yeah so it's i mean it just it makes sense it's weird for sure yeah so i just did, i wanted to mention that really quickly because a lot of people were trying to connect it and the police later came forward and said that there's just no way yeah I it don't doesn't think make that sense. happened either so then on august 17th brian returns to florida via airplane to move his and Gabby's things out of a storage unit. I don't have any details on why he did that or what he was doing. Some people were saying he was moving things into the storage unit, but I heard a few people um, in the family quote that he was moving out things out of the storage unit. So I'm just going to go with that. So he leaves Gabby in Utah and goes back home to move this stuff out of the storage unit on August 17th. On August 19th, the YouTube travel video was posted by Gabby. On August 21st, Gabby spoke with her dad and asked him to order food because there was no power where they were. I looked into this a little bit, and around where she was supposed to be, there was a windstorm, and a lot of people lost power. So she didn't have any internet to order herself food, so she asked her dad, and he ordered pizza and got it delivered to the hotel she was staying at. Uh, On August 23rd, Brian returns from Florida from the Florida trip and meets Gabby back at the hotel they were staying at or she was staying at. On August 24th, the couple then checked out of that hotel, which was in Salt Lake City, Utah. On August 25th, Gabby's family spoke to her over the phone and she said that she was headed to the Grand Teton National Park. Gabby posted on her Instagram that day as well and she was behind a monarch butterfly wall and A lot of people on the internet search for that wall, and it's apparently in Ogden, Utah. On August 27th, Gabby and Brian ate at a small little, like, restaurant called Mary Piglet's. It is a Tex-Mex restaurant in Jackson, Wyoming. They were there between 1 and 2 p.m., and a witness later came forward and said that Brian was very agitated, and he began arguing with a waitress, and then Gabby was seen storming out crying again. 
and then they left. So not really sure about that. Gabby sent a Snapchat to a friend that day and the text on the picture was saying headed to Yellowstone. And then on August 27th, Gabby's mother says that she received an odd text from Gabby and it had read, can you help Stan? I just keep getting his voicemails and missed calls. Stan is Gabby's grandfather, but her mother says Gabby never referred to him by his first name. And Gabby's mother said that it was out of character and concerning, but I don't think she really put it together at that yeah, moment. Yeah, like she just was like, well, that was weird. And then on August 30th, there was another text from Gabby to her mother, and it said, no service in Yosemite, which didn't really make sense to her mom because the last time she had heard from her, they were headed to Yellowstone. And Yosemite is about 800 miles from Teton National Park. So she just was like, well, this is what is going on. On September 1st, Brian returned home to Florida alone, according to his parents. Gabby's van entered their driveway at around 1026 a.m. From September 1st to the 3rd, the Laundry family was supposed to go camping at a nearby campground, Fort DeSoto. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it. I think so. Um, But it was, but they had canceled it due to Brian returning home. They then instead went camping from September 6th to the 8th, but for some reason left early and only stayed one night. During the 2nd to the 10th, which I know is a big gap, but Brian was living normal life. Gabby was not with him, but he was living normal life. Um, His neighbors spotted him outside mowing the lawn, going on bike rides with his mom, going fishing, going camping, living his day-to-day. carefree life. Yes. On September 10th, Gabby's mother texted and called Brian's mother saying something along the lines of, I haven't heard from the kids in a while and I'm starting to get worried, but heard no replies from the family. All this while Brian was home and the mom was just clearly ignoring Gabby's mom mom because, I mean, she had (laughs) something's going on, you know, like something weird is happening. That is so weird. And then I guarantee you, if you reverse the roles and Gabby was the one that returned and, um, Brian's parents were texting Gabby's parents, it would have been a totally different story Mm -hmm. because that is the worst feeling in the world. And as a mother, you should have empathized with Gabby's mother. Oh, for sure. At least talk to her. Let her know something. Whatever happened, you know. Oh, Brian returned home. I don't know where Gabby is or I don't know something. Like they broke up. I haven't heard from her either Mm -hmm. or something. Just give her some sort of information because now you just look shady as hell. Mm -hmm. So I do want to mention this really quickly. I... I'm not 100% sure this is true, so take this with a grain of salt. But I did hear that after Gabby's family tried to, you know, get in contact with Brian's family and Brian, and they were calling Gabby's phone a million times, like nothing was happening. And so Gabby's mother went to report her missing, but because Gabby is a, she's 22 years old, she's an adult, uh, and she was known to be traveling, the police didn't really take it seriously because they just kept saying, well, maybe she's out of service maybe you know something isn't right but then somehow gabby's mom found out brian returned home mm-hmm. without gabby so then she went to the police again in the national parks and they were like okay now you can report her missing so I, basically they made her wait you know and lose precious time yes now i'm not saying i'm not sure when that process started happening i don't know if it was the sixth seventh eighth ninth whatever Mm -hmm. um but i did i remember hearing that and i tried looking it up and i can't find her mom talking about it like in it because there's so many interviews with her mom that it's kind of overwhelming yeah but i did remember hearing that so i just wanted to mention it but like i said take it with a grain of salt because it couldn't 
the internet you never know you just really never know and tiktok is crazy too okay so then on september 11th gabby's family officially can report gabby as a missing person the van was then seized at the home of the laundry's house in northport florida because it was technically under gabby's name so they're wasn't a need for a warrant or a warning really they could just go and seize it Mm -hmm. during this time brian is not saying a word and neither is his family at this point the police are trying to talk to him no one's saying anything and at some point from the first to the 10th or the first to the 11th brian's family hired an attorney Mm -hmm. and so when the police came to talk they handed him a card and said speak to my attorney Mm. On September 15th, Brian Laundrie was officially named a person of interest in the disappearance of Gabby Petito. The Northport police said that he was hindering the investigation by not saying anything or helping at all. And he was. Oh, for sure. Brian has not made himself available to be interviewed by investigators or provided any helpful details in regards to Gabby Petito's whereabouts. His attorney issued the following statement on behalf of his client addressing the laundry silence. Many people are wondering why Mr. Laundry would not make a statement or speak with the law enforcement in face of Ms. Petito's absence. In my experience, intimate partners are often the first person law enforcement focuses their attention on in cases like this, and the warning that any statement made will be used against you is true, regardless of whether my client had anything to do with Ms. Petito's disappearance. As such, on the advice of counsel, Mr. Laundry is not speaking on the matter. I have been informed that the Northport, Florida police have named Brian Laundry as a person of interest in this matter. This formality has not really changed the circumstances of Mr. Laundry being the focus and attention of law enforcement, and Mr. Laundry will continue to remain silent on the advice of counsel. I'm just, I... Uh, I don't know how the cops aren't allowed to just go in and force him to talk. Like, I really don't understand that. I mean, I I understand. I can see both sides of this. I see the side of he's afraid to say anything because if he truly had nothing to do with it, everyone in the world already thinks he did it. Oh, for sure. But on the other side of it, you really look like you did it, dude. So why don't you maybe plead your case? Just You don't have to plead your case, (laughs) but like at least say, you know, this is the last time I saw her. We got in a fight. I left her at this Mm -hmm. place. Whether or not any of that is true, at least say something because the grand consensus is if you stay silent, you're convicted even if you didn't do it because Mm -hmm. you don't want to speak on it. Yep. It really, truly blows my mind that he didn't... Okay, so let's say he comes home and he didn't do it. Yeah. Okay. Why in the world would you or let's say he came home and he did do it Mm -hmm. why in the world would you not be like oh my god my fiance is missing missing. what happened like oh my god i i haven't seen her in four days i haven't seen her in three like why wouldn't you do that first and foremost the reason you haven't seen her in four days is one you took her cell phone and you took her damn car yeah so now that also makes you look super suspicious how in your right mind do you leave a beautiful 22 year old young woman in a national park take her ability to leave and her ability to call for help Mm-hmm. You look guilty AF. Yeah. Okay. Or, I mean, even say something along the lines of, yeah, you know, we got a huge fight. She stormed off and I haven't seen her since. And I couldn't find her. So I just left. Like I <laughs> one That's really, that's a really bad thing, but I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. Yeah. I, to me personally, I do believe that he did it, but I'm just saying 
there were other things and people would have maybe given him more of a benefit of the doubt and mm-hmm. the entire United States wouldn't have gotten their pitchforks after this man if he would have you know led any inkling that maybe he had nothing to do with it yeah and spoke about it i mean everyone already thought you did it dude but like at least you could have made it a little less worse for yourself if you would have just said something Something. anything literally i don't understand it it does not make sense no so then on september 16th the police in northport florida held a news conference during which gabby's father begged for her safe return and for brian to just speak up and stop hindering the investigation by being silent later the petito slash smith family attorney richard stafford read aloud a letter to laundry's parents pleading to their son to speak to them about gabby's disappearance on September 16th slash 17th, hours after the family of the 22-year-old Gabby Petito issued a statement to the family of her fiancé begging for information in her disappearance, Brian Laundrie's sister, Casey Laundry, broke her silence in an exclusive interview with Good Morning America. She had said, Obviously, me and my family want Gabby to be found safe, she had said. She's like a sister and my children love her and all i want is for her to come home safe and found and this to be just a big misunderstanding on september 17th the police from utah came forward and officially announced that the petito case has no connection and is not related to the double homicide case involving crystal turner and kylan schultz Also on September 17th, the police said that the Laundry's attorney contacted the authorities because the family had wanted to discuss something with them. The family then notified the police of Brian's disappearance. They claimed they had not seen Brian since Tuesday the 14th. He supposedly went to a local reserve to quote unquote get away and live off the grid for a few days. The Carlton Reserve is a 25,000-acre nature park near the family's home. It is known to be very swampy with a lot of trees, and it is also known to contain a lot of snakes and alligators. Uh, So probably not, like, the safest if you're not familiar with the area. Well, even if you are, who's to say I can wrangle, like... Yeah, He's not Steve Irwin. He's not wrangling (laughs) alligators... I mean, if you don't know the area, definitely don't go there and look around. Right. So then Brian was declared missing by his parents as of Tuesday, September 14th, but technically he was reported missing on the 17th. The laundries told the police that Brian drove to the Carlton Reserve and his Mustang, leaving his phone and wallet behind. Oh, now he has a phone. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. (laughs) A side note, I didn't put this in here because there's just a lot of conspiracy theory crap going on and I just... It's hard to, like, figure out which is which. Yeah, so apparently he went to the store, he got a phone, like, sometime in between him not talking to the cops and Gabby officially being reported missing, all this stuff going on. He went and got a phone, and then he got a second phone that was considered a burner, and I just couldn't tell if what of that was real. What happened to his phone before? Like, you're telling me this man didn't have a phone? It's 2020. Exactly. Quit lying. How did you talk to your girlfriend or your fiance? I don't know. It's just like, I don't know if I believe that. So, like I said, a lot of that is very conspiracy theory mindset. So, I just didn't include it because I don't know if it's true or not. Uh, But apparently, he got a phone. He got a burner and this, this, this. Okay. uh, Side note really quick. Super silly on his end. But if you're 
suspected in a disappearance of your girlfriend, mm-hmm. maybe don't go out and get a phone, not trying to give like any personal tips, but if you didn't have a phone, you were living your life just fine without one, why all of a sudden would you now go get a phone so that everyone can track you, which clearly like... And for what reason? Like, why do you all of a sudden need a phone? Yeah, like, it just didn't make because sense. Because you just lived your life, apparently, with no phone. Yes. So that was weird. So he supposedly left his phone and wallet behind. There was a note placed on the Mustang at the reserve, and the note had requested the car to be removed, which meant it had been there too many days, Mm -hmm. and the rangers were going to tow it sort of thing. But the family left the vehicle there until Thursday, hoping that Brian would return to it. However, a neighbor's surveillance video appears to show the car was actually parked there on Wednesday, September 15th. So So the parents lied to the police. Okay. Okay. The parents then admitted driving the Mustang back home after finding it at the reserve. And, I mean, they were, like, caught in a lie. I, I don't know what else you could do other than just, like, tell the truth, I guess. Which I don't get why they would do that. I feel like the there's only one reason to lie, and that's to hide something. Mm-hmm. So that, to me, seems very suspicious that they're yeah. lying about it. Because why would you lie about it unless you were hiding Brian? Exactly. Police then went and removed items from the laundry's house to assist in in the search for him, according to his attorney, Stephen Bertolino. And the authorities said on Twitter that it was the first time the laundry family had spoken with them in detail about the case. They reiterated that Brian is a person of interest in in Gabby's disappearance, but they are not currently working a crime investigation. The FBI takes over the search in the Grand Teton National Park for Gabby. The search was called off Saturday night by Northport police due to the darkness, and they said nothing was found. On September 18th, the police began to search the Carlton Reserve for Brian Laundrie. While across the country, the FBI hunted for clues about the missing woman in a mountainous national park in Wyoming. At this point, the news of Gabby and Brian missing, it was wild. It was all over the place. Everywhere I looked, at least, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, I saw Brian missing, Gabby missing, this information, this... Yeah, you couldn't get on any... Google, the first thing you look at, if you click videos, it was like 10 different videos. Gabby Petito, Gabby Petito, Brian Laundry, blah, blah, blah. Yes. So I'm sure like the tips were just like rolling in. Yes, it was... I heard very overwhelming. And they took everyone serious because if they don't, then what? You know, it's like kind of useless. So with the tips coming in... A family came forward. They are a YouTube family. They document their travels. They live in a van. So they live the van van life. life. Yes. And so back on August 27th, the family was driving in a national park around where Brian Laundrie and Gabby Tito were. They have a dash cam that's constantly filming. If you live anywhere in the West, most cars have that because there's so many car accidents because of the amount of traffic. And Mm -hmm. so they had a dash cam type thing and they were like, oh, hey, we were in that area around that time. Let's go look through our dash cam and see if we see anything of, you know, possible Brian or Gabby sightings. So they look back on their footage and they actually spotted what looked like Gabby and Brian's van on their dash cam. The video was recorded on August 27th between 6 and 6.30 p.m. And so they turned that in to the police and showed them the possible van. YouTubers, you can find the videos online of the footage. And you can see where they see the van that looks exactly like Gabby and Brian's. It also has, uh, when we show the picture of their van, you'll see there's very specific stickers. Mm -hmm. In in the video, it looks like the, the van has those stickers. 
So then on September 19th, due to that video that was submitted by the YouTube family, the area was searched where the van was last seen, and a body that resembled Gabby was found nearby. The FBI then had a press conference, and they offered their condolences to Gabby's family because the body was believed to be Gabby. So that's that's huge. Huge, because we're all searching for this woman. There were thousands of people that went and searched and helped the police, FBI, Everyone. Uh, park rangers, everything looking for gabby and gabby's name like even if you don't if you're not like someone that listens to a lot of crime stuff if you don't watch the news you still knew who gabby petito was because mm -hmm. she was everywhere all over facebook all over twitter all over instagram all over tiktok yep so she was just a household name she still is like this is not over no and so unfortunately everyone was hoping that she would be found alive but she was not the 19th they technically didn't for Confirm, sure, no. But they were pretty sure it was her. Right, right, right. Uh, she had very distinctive tattoos on her body that is easily identifiable. Yeah, so they found her, and now at, that's when everyone's eyes, like, turn to Brian. And they're like, we want Brian to speak, and the silence needs to be done. Yes. There was videos of uh, people swarming his house. Not so much his house, but his property. Like, they were surrounding his house, and it was intense. It was pretty crazy, honestly. And for now, that's where we're going to stop. This will be a two-parter, unfortunately. It's, um, it's just too much information in one episode. Right, right, right. So join us next week as we finish the Gabby Petito and Brian Laundry case. If you haven't heard it yet, it's definitely worth listening to. And we will see you guys next week. See you guys. Thank you. Thank you.